Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. One time for the underdog. You're listening to the Valuetainment Podcast where we discuss various strategies that will help you scale your business to the next level. I'm your host, Patrick Bedivin, and today again I'm talking to the sales leaders. Listen, we're gonna talk about what you need to do to scale, to scale your sales team. So whether you're in sales, you run a sales team, or you're a business owner that's dealing with a sales squad, today's video is for you. So look, I mean, in the evolution of business, you're going to go through these four steps. I've been saying this for a while. You got to learn how to go from employee to sales. Then you got to learn how to go from being a salesperson to become a sales manager, sales leader. Then you become a business owner. Then you become a CEO. But just like back in the days in 60s, 70s, nobody went to the top of a company without learning how to sell. I want you to take that approach for yourself. Uh, and your business, and your company. So what is the secret to scaling your sales force or your sales team? See, a lot of times, I see a lot of guys that are great motivators. They want to learn how to motivate. I want to be a motivational speaker. And motivational speakers, as effective as it is, motivation is simply temporary enthusiasm. Inspirational speakers could be long-term enthusiasm, but both of them have a problem. And here's what the secret comes in. What is the problem? So imagine I'm sitting there and the guy saying, you can do it, you're amazing, go get them all, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I feel so good. I feel so, I can't wait to go home and do, I don't know what to do when I go home. That's a motivational speaker. And the inspirational speaker, you know, we're gonna go out there and make a difference, we're gonna do this, oh my gosh, I wanna make a difference, I wanna go out there and be part of this long term, but, but man, what do I do to make money and win? And that's when you get the drivers. Drivers learn how to get people to get results, so they stick around with the inspiration to get to where they need to get to. And today I'm going to talk to you about the secret to how great sales leaders and great entrepreneurs who run their sales team learn how to drive better than the rest. So let's get right into it. First things first, number one. In order to be a great driver of a sales team, you got to have moral authority. What is moral authority? You gotta be somebody that I am willing to give you permission to drive me. It ain't the other way around. So this is not like a boss situation. I was at an insurance uh, 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 meeting a couple weeks ago, and one of the conversations that was brought up about a company, I said, what's going on with that company? He says, that company doesn't have a good sales uh, leader, and because of that, they absolutely lost everything. Last week, I was in Miami. On Friday, I'm meeting a guy that runs a business doing $100 million a year, we go meet with them, and he says, one of my companies collapsed, and it doesn't work anymore. We lost the company. I said, what happened? He said, I hired a wrong sales leader. So he's not in tune with sales. He trusted another sales leader. Boom, he loses the company. Another one locally here in Dallas. The guy's worth $1.6 billion. He meets with me. He says, can you give me some good sales leaders? Because my sales, ever since I bought the company for $80 million, a company he bought, Sales has been like this, because he hires a sales leader that talks a big game, they're great motivational inspiration, but they don't know how to drive. Number one is moral authority. What is moral authority? You're in work every day, so you got your responsibility, their responsibility, you're direct. You direct them on what to do. Here's what I'm directing you how to do, Bobby. They need to be coachable. Your example, what is the example? I come in, I work, I'm in there with you. We're gonna do this thing together. I'm willing to be a student, the person that you're leading. Next. You're being honest, because you cannot direct somebody and drive somebody without being honest. Sometimes motivational speakers 
and sometimes inspirational speakers, all they want to do is make sure everybody feels good. And you can't just have an environment where everybody's just feeling good all the time. It's like being high all the time, but no one's moving. I'm in the same exact place. A driver is going to say, listen, let me simplify it for you. You're pretty bad on the phones. And if you go like this on the phones, you are never going to make it in sales. What do you want to do? You're horrible on the phones. Now, you can be good because I saw some of the things you said it was good, but right now we got to learn the script. Come sit in front of me. Let's go through it together. We learn. Hey, let me tell you something over here. Your work ethic, if you go like this, nothing's going to be happening because I see you're suspect every once in a while. You show up when you feel like it. If it rains, you don't come to the office. If it snows, you have an excuse. If a car breaks, every single day your car breaks down, something's going on, I can't help you with that. So you got to be willing to be honest, the driver, and the other person has got to be willing to be open and take it. And by the way, if they're not, then that's a whole different step we'll be talking about. But number one is moral authority. A great sales leader has moral authority. If you have moral authority, people are willing to listen to you. Moral authority comes with prior success, existing success. Everyone in the marketplace knows who you are. Everyone knows how hard you work. Everyone knows where you're going. Everyone knows the types of people you've developed that have also made money and have been successful. So there's a reputation that anybody who works with you, they become successful in sales. Anybody that gets close to you, they become successful in sales. And then everybody wants to learn what your secret is to teaching everybody that maybe is getting better results than somebody else. Just right now, Luis back here. Luis, who did you tell me was your favorite player of all time? Vince Carter. Vince Carter, right? And, and you obviously are not a big LeBron James fan, but you're a big Vince Carter fan. Okay, I'm proud of it. So then I asked the question. I said, hey, Luis, who, did, who coached Vince Carter? So I had Bradford here, my buddy from the Army, and Louis start going through the list of people that coached uh, Carter. And you couldn't come up with, you had Sam Mitchell, decent, Sam Mitchell was a good coach, some of these other guys, but nobody that was a Popovich, Riley, or a Phil. A Carter has got to be coached by some of these guys. Now, some people will say he was lazy, he didn't have discipline, he partied, the ladies, all this other stuff. I think a lot of these guys, other guys are like that as well. Sometimes moral authority with a coach that knows how to drive and get the best out of people is what the differentiator is between you not making money and you making money. So you, as a salesperson that wants to build a sales team, you got to learn how to be a sales reader. Number two, you get judged in your entire life. You and I get judged based on who we pick. We get judged in how we read people. We get judged on our intuition of our friends, of our girlfriend, of our spouse, of our career, of the place we live of the place we build, of every single thing, you are judged on who you pick. So in the world of sales leadership, you're not gonna pick everybody and say, I want everybody to be successful. You sound like a motivational speaker to me. I want everybody to go out there and say, great, motivate, inspire, but you got the one guy that wants it more than everybody else and he's willing to work 70 hours a week. These other guys don't wanna work 70, they don't wanna go to the nightclub on Friday night and Saturday night and I don't have time for that. I want to work with this killer here and build him up. That's who I want to work with. Lincoln, many, many years ago, he's sitting there, he's like, listen, I need one general who is not afraid to go to battle. So he signs the responsibility to a guy named General McClellan. Many times in America, you go to different roads, you'll see McClellan Avenue, McClellan Boulevard, McClellan Street. Why is that? It's after this general named McClellan. McClellan had one thing that he was very uh, good uh, known for. His soldiers were by far the best trained soldiers out of all the generals he had. But there's one problem with his soldiers. McClellan never thought he was ready to go to war. It was always not the right time to go to war. He would always hesitate. 
He was a little bit too paranoid to go to uh, war and go to battle because what if? So this guy, Lincoln, some people say the greatest president of all time in America, brings a guy named Grant. Ulysses says Grant. Grant says, what do you want me to do? I want you to go win this war. 90 days. Lincoln cannot get a hold of Grant. You know what Grant does 90 days later? He wins the war. Then you know what happens, Grant? He becomes a president, a two-term president. I don't know if he was a good one or not, but the point is, Lincoln gets credit for picking Grant. Grant gets credit for having the guts that McClellan didn't have to go to war and say, what do you guys want to do? We're winning this war here today. You guys hear me? We're, we're doing this. That's a driver. He picked the right sales guy. He picked him, drove him. This guy couldn't do it. Can you do it? I want the responsibility. I'll go do it. He, go, he goes and does it. Similar thing that happens in the world of sales as well. Number three, let's go over here. So now you have moral authority. You're watching me saying, well, Pat, I made $300,000 last year. I'm incredible in real estate. I want to teach six other people how to do real estate. I made $400,000 last year. I'm in insurance. I want to teach 20 other people how to do the same thing. Great. You have moral authority. Two, you're kind of okay at picking people. And you got two or three people you're watching that you're currently training that you want to pick in your office, whatever it is. No problem. Three, so now how do you drive people? What are people driven by? You know, what are people driven by? I saw a sales meeting the other day. <laughs> this guy gets up, the audience is filled with 60, 70 year olds. This is how he closes his meeting. Can you imagine if one day you're driving a Ferrari and you go into the beach and you're at this house and you hear the waves and it's just so soothing. It's like you're at a spa. It's amazing. And these 67-year-olds are like, is this guy, I need my medicine, man. What, what is this guy talking about? Man, I want to retire. I just lost $300,000. Speak my language. What are people driven by? Then you got the flip side. A guy sitting with a room of 20-year-old, 25-year-old salespeople that want to run through the wall and go rock the house. And a speaker, can you imagine one day being able to retire and you go on the golf course and you got the best coach and you have this swing and the handicap is so impressive, and these 20, 25 years are like, dude, I don't care about golf. I don't even want to think about retirement. I'm never going to retire. What can you give me now? The language you speak to the audience based on who you're driving will dictate also how you can get the best out of people. So what languages do people respond to? First things first, people will say, well, you know, a lot of people are driven by money. You think it's money, but it's not money. It's what money gets you. So let's just say I'm sitting with this guy, and I'm trying to figure out if this is a guy for me to work with and I want to pick him as somebody I want to develop as a salesperson. I'll sit with him and I'll talk to him. I said, so Johnny, tell me, what do you want to do? Man, I want to make a lot of money and I want to be financially free. Oh, really? Why do you want to make a lot of money? Well, you know, I want to make a lot of money because I want to be free. Why do you want to be financially free? Well, you know, I just, I just feel like, you know, I saw my parents go through a lot of struggles financially. Okay, so tell me, what does financial freedom look like to you? Uh, 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 I don't know. Tell me about it. What do you think? What is it? Is there a number to it? What is it? Uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, the day my mom and dad don't have to work anymore and my, my mom's got some health issues and the other day I came home and some of the medication that we were getting, our health insurance doesn't cover anymore because my dad changed his job. So those medication for my mom are $800 a month. My dad can't afford it. My mom is not feeling that good. And then I see tears. Then it's the heart. If you think it's just the money because this guy wants a Mercedes-Benz, you've absolutely lost it. His reasoning is his mother needs medication, $800 a month to pay for that, and the father cannot do it because he just got fired. He got a new job that doesn't give him benefits for another six months. And that hurts him. 
So now I know exactly what this guy's driven by. The motivation is high. The, the inspiration is high. I got to now drive him as a leader and help him get there because I have the moral authority. I can direct him and tell him, hey, we're going to go do this together if you're committed. If you're willing to put the work and be coachable, willing to learn, be a good student, I'm going to show you exactly how to go out there and make that money so you can get to the point here. So dollar tied to why until I get the medication for mom that costs $800 a month. Bingo. Bingo. So you say, Pat, what's 800 bucks a month? Four levels of lifestyle you got to realize. Number one is survival for everybody. I started in sales, it's purely survival. Parents got a divorce, my dad's at a 99 cent store, I get out of the military, my mom's back in Iran, we don't have a place to live, I don't know anything, nothing. I got nothing to my name. It's all survival. I work at Bally's so I can survive to pay the bills so my dad will stop having heart attacks because he's stressed out trying to support everybody and I can make this money so I can take care of the family, stress is going to be lower, I want to pay off my credit card debt because I'm so stressed out, I'm at the survival mode at that time. Then I go into the status mode. What is status mode? I want to buy some nice cars to impress everybody. I screwed up. I lost. I went from an expedition to a Ford Focus. And I went out there and I became the guy that put all these guys in my car and we'd go party together and all this stuff. We'd go to Newport, LA, Hollywood, San Diego, Orange County, you name all these clubs in LA. I've been to every single one of them from 99 to 2003. I've been to all of them. If you got there, we probably ran into each other. That was status. And then I hit freedom. Freedom was, I want to become financially free. And once I learned that, and then it was purpose, history, then that was a higher level. So you need to know at what level people are at. You won't know this until you talk to them and you keep asking them why. Then you realize it. So what are people driven by? Here's another thing people are driven by. Some people are not driven by lifestyle. Some people could care less about cars. Some people could care less about watches. I'm not a watch guy. I like cars because I like ingenuity. But I'm not a watch guy myself. I'm not a big watch guy myself. But some people are driven by competition. Some people are driven by competition. They just want to kill the other guy. You're trying to tell me that guy thinks he's better than me? Yeah, he thinks he's better than you. I'm going to kill him. Who's the top salesperson in the office? It's this guy. He is? Okay. What did he do last month? What do I need to do? He comes in earlier, he leaves later. Because he wants to be number one. So he's competitive. Then the other guy is driven by breaking records. Who owns a record here? for such and such. I want to break all the records. What are the records? I want to break the records. Every single record, I want to break all the records. Somewhat competitive, but it's about, you know, I want to do something that's never been done before. Third one is fighting for a cause. Hey, what is a cause? What we're doing here, we're going to be able to raise a million dollars so we can go back and build homes and do such and such. What we're doing here, we're going to be able to make a lot of money so we can build homes to help people out. What we're doing here, we're going to be able to teach the spirit of capitalism and free enterprise to millions of people around the world so they realize a person out there that just like PBD, he was nothing. He was small. He had nothing going on. No example. Mom and dad, they're trying to figure out their own lives. I'm a little kid and I realize in the world, world of capitalism, a regular average guy like me can rise up and say, boom, let's go get him, baby, if you got a dream. Let's go get him if we got a dream. Now, why should I fight for this cause? Person says, let's just say I buy into this cause. Your job as the leader with moral authority, your job is to show the salesperson if we go and fight this cause, you individually will get XYZ and you'll win big for yourself and collectively we'll do something that's never been done before. That's a language you speak to people. But I need to also know what's going to happen to my life, not just the collective effort. Will my dreams become a reality? Yes, it will. 
And last but not least, I can do this for hours. There's a lot of other points. I'm just giving you a flavor of it here today. The other one is enemy. Who's the enemy? Everyone's got an enemy. You better believe I've got enemies. And not just enemies, you know, people that see me as a target. Enemies. I have a good memory. And some of my enemies follow valuetainment. I've got a very good memory. And I remember names. I have enemies. Everybody has enemies. What is an enemy to you? An enemy could have been a school teacher. An enemy could have been a spirit in you that you're trying to get rid of that's holding you back. An enemy could be a small thing inside of you. An enemy could be somebody that's you, that's within here. What is the enemy? An enemy could be a target. An enemy could be a lot of different things that you're dealing with. It's not just because of, uh, uh, it's not just because of one thing or one person or competition. Or an enemy could be a lot of different things that you're dealing with. Okay, We're talking any kind of an enemy. Enemies get people to wake up and go after. Think about it. A lot of people say, well, you know, we, we, uh, there is no enemy in basketball. Are you kidding me? If your name is Cleveland Cavaliers, guess who your number one enemy is? Now, you may say yourself, and that's true, but you better get through Golden State. Golden State's got to get through Cleveland if you want that championship ring. There's an enemy, and people, some people are driven by that. You may be watching this right now saying, I don't care about that. You're not just trying to talk to you. I'm not just talking to you right now. I'm talking to you how to go from sales to sales leader. And not everybody is driven the same way. Sometimes people make the mistake thinking just because you're not competitive that other people aren't driven by competition. Sometimes you think because you are so almighty and you know you don't care about what other people say, you're just about, I want to be the best that I can be. That's great where you're at. But not everybody's wired like you. So how are you going to drive somebody that's not wired by that? There were certain kids in high school that wanted to fight one-on-one. Hey, let's go after school, let's fight, okay? And they would start the fight. I want to fight. Then there were kids that could care less about fighting. But if you came to their group and you said something to their group and a brawl broke out and somebody got bullied, this guy shows up out of nowhere coming and saying, you don't ever think about bullying this kid here and whoops his tail. He's driven by a different thing than the other guy saying, I want to fight you one-on-one. Everyone's driven in a different way. You got to figure out how to drive yourself then if you want to be a sales, you got to learn how to drive everybody else that's around you. That's what great sales leaders do. By the way, that's what great leaders do, period. Popovich, Riley, MLK, presidents, leaders, generals, CEOs, Hollywood. You talk to Hollywood actors when they were working under a director that said, boom, said something to him and he got emotional. He got into this role. He started crying. And you and I watched the movie and we're like, oh my gosh, what an incredible actor. You don't know what the director fed that actor's mind during that moment where he says, hey, come here, that was bad take. Let me tell you. Do you remember that one time? Has this ever happened to you? Tell me about your mom. Tell me about your dad. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Do you remember that moment? Yeah. How did it feel when that person talked to your mom like that? How did it feel when that person talked to your dad like that? I want to see that feeling on the camera right now. Go think about it right now. Show it to me. I want to feel it. The actor's in tears. He goes in a moment. He comes out. Boom. Then you and I see an Oscar winner. It's because a director drove somebody. That's what it is. So after this here, once we figure this part out, I think number four is here, learning how to drive. You tie their reasons to a result and a deadline. Here's what I want. I want to make the $800 for my mom. You need to do XYZ amount of calls, knocking doors, uh, whatever you want to call the activity in your business. And you need to do this many every single day, every single week for the next three months. And if you do it every single day, every single week, deadline every day, deadline every week, deadline 12 weeks, deadline one month. If you do this, 90 days from now you're going to make this. 
and your mom will never worry about the $800 mom because you've learned how to make that money and give it to your mom every single month and she looks at you and saying, that's my son, I'm proud of you baby, I'm proud of you baby, that's why we do what we do. You think this whole thing is about making money and becoming famous, you know, every, where are we going now, just, oh my gosh, you're Patrick, whatever. I think this thing just a fame stuff. It's about getting people to experience the juice in their own lives. That's exciting. So number one is, tie their reasons to a result and a deadline. Number two, uh, uh, break it down by size bites. So, you know, if you want to make a million dollars, let's back up. You gotta, if you want to make $100,000, let's back up. If you want to make, you break it down. And you give me a formula for me to know what I need to do this month, next month, next month, next month, next month. And then when you start working with some people that are people you pick to are solid people you pick to be able to work with, then it comes down to your accountability, then it comes down to you studying their trends, then it comes down to your weekly reports, then it comes down to you believing in them, injecting belief in them, seeing who they could be, re-reminding them or why they're doing this, constantly re-reminding people what they're capable of doing. And three months, six months, 12 months, 24 months down the line, five years down, you're going to look at them and say, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that just took place right now. I cannot believe that. I just had a guy, uh, Rodolfo Sessi Vargas, husband and wife from El Salvador, come to America. He works at Sears. He was an economist in El Salvador, barely making any money. They come to the States. You work and then go from making $20,000 a year income to making $175,000 in a month, injecting belief in them. They're now, man, there's somebody, you follow these guys, they get you emotion when you see some of these stories. And these types of stories go on and on and on and on and on in many different stories. As long as you learn the secret to scaling your sales team, which is learning how to drive people. So having said that, again, I'm not going too much into details because it'd be a one-day session with you on this topic. I'm giving you, you know, bite sizes for you to think about it and process it on your own and go figure out what you need to be doing by doing the proper research and find ways to get better at that. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick David, and I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody, bye-bye.